Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, February 25th. Coming up, Missouri will stop treating COVID-19 as a public health crisis and plans to treat it like the seasonal flu. We'll bring you a conversation about what exactly that means. But first, some headlines. Missouri has announced hundreds of previously unreported COVID deaths, including many that happened out of the state. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. The state health department on Wednesday announced 429 COVID deaths that took place as long as a year ago, though most deaths happened in January and February. Since the middle of 2020, Missouri has been publishing counts of previously unreported COVID deaths that were discovered through examination of death certificates by the state. Since the start of the pandemic, Missouri has reported nearly 19,000 confirmed and probable COVID deaths among residents. This week, Kansas City activated its extreme weather plan for the 20th time this winter, opening warming centers and overflow locations for the area's homeless shelters. However, advocates say that many unhoused people still aren't being reached by those services. Restart Street outreach worker Carol Vlahos says the city is not effectively communicating about when cold weather and snow is coming and where people can go. We ran into a lot of people that almost didn't survive. They didn't know about the weather and not knowing about what they could prepare. Kansas City Public Works spokesperson Maggie Green stresses the extreme weather plan is still new and the city and its partners continue to gather feedback on the program. The Kansas City Police Department canceled an academy class yesterday after activists criticized it as racist. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports. An announcement posted on the KCPD website outlined a two-day training at the academy in May by an outside provider. The announcement, titled Criminal Gypsies, Travelers and Their Crimes, said it would focus on ethnic groups including the Roma, Polish, Yugoslavians, and Romanian nationals. The term gypsy is considered derogatory. In a tweet, activist group Sunrise Movement KC said KCPD was literally using a slur to refer to Roma people. A police spokesman says the class was canceled, and the training division commander will ensure proper procedures are in place to avoid a similar reoccurrence in the future. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has signed a $4.6 billion budget bill that provides raises for all state employees. Sarah Kellogg reports from Jefferson City. It contains not only money for state employee raises, but also almost $2 billion in federal dollars for schools and money to fund Missouri's Medicaid program, including its expansion. House Representative Cody Smith, who chairs the House Budget Committee, said he would work with departments on setting wages. It is not my intention that state the state government should uh, place the state workforce at an unfair competitive advantage over private employers. The budget is the first bill passed during the 2022 legislative session. Kansas Education Commissioner Randy Watson is facing calls to resign after he made a racist comment during a Zoom presentation last week. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service reports. In a recording released by the Kansas Department of Education, Watson is addressing educators during a conference on virtual education. During the talk, he says his cousins from California would be worried about tornadoes in Kansas. Then Watson says this. And I'd say, don't worry about that, but you got to worry about the Indians raiding the town at any time. 
And they were they really thought that, you know, grew up in California. I guess you don't know much of the history of Kansas. That comment drew criticism this week. In a statement calling for Watson's resignation, Governor Laura Kelly said the Kansas Board of Education must take issues of derogatory and discriminatory language seriously. The board is scheduled to meet Friday. Watson has served as education commissioner since 2015. Last week, the Missouri Independent reported that Missouri's government is planning to stop treating COVID-19 as a pandemic and will start treating it as endemic. That means a big shift in how the state will approach public health strategy and COVID data. Derek Kravitz of nonprofit news website Muckrock and independent journalist Betsy Ladajetz broke that story. I spoke with Ladajetz over Zoom, and the first question I had for her was, what exactly does endemic mean? So endemic is a term that has been used a lot in media and by politicians and other commentators over the past few months without a lot of clear definitions or explanations of what that means, which I think has led to some confusion. Um, So it does not mean an end to the pandemic, much as you might think that from the way the word sounds. It actually refers to more of a, a state of acceptance with the virus where society has deemed that the levels of cases, hospitalizations, deaths, and other COVID outcomes are kind of okay to live with. And we're not going to define our society around stopping the virus, essentially. Um, And at the same time, there is still kind of a level of monitoring that is required in an endemic state in order to keep an eye on the virus, even though we have kind of accepted it. Um, so, for example, one epidemiologist, epidemiologist who I've talked to about this has compared it to the flu, where we still, there are thousands of public health and scientists who, whose job it is to monitor the flu. Like, we don't stop thinking about the flu entirely just because it's a pandemic. But it is a different level of involvement and attention as what we've had for COVID for the past year. So what does the state of Missouri mean by endemic? How is the state changing its approach to COVID-19? So the state of Missouri is is kind of making this shift to treating COVID more like the flu. Um, I think that's a term that we used in our story about this, um, where they're going to stop focusing on individual cases, for one thing. Um, So there's going to be less of a case investigations and less contact tracing to try to identify and stop individual outbreaks and more of a focus on hospitalizations and the way that the virus is impacting the healthcare system, um, which kind of gives an indication of whether COVID has become or is approaching some kind of crisis level as opposed to an acceptable level. And the state of Missouri, it seems, is also going to rely more on wastewater, which is something that this state is already set up to do more so than a lot of other states across the U.S. in order to monitor where the virus is rising, where levels of the virus are rising or falling, or if there are any new variants that come up. And so those are all things that we, my editor, Derek Kravitz, and I, saw in uh, public records that we have received from the state health department. I want to talk about the data reporting aspect of it a little bit. The state is changing the way that it reports its COVID-19 data. How is that going to affect your work and the work of other researchers? Missouri, it seems, is planning to do something pretty similar to what a few states have already done in the past few months or sort of accelerating in the last couple of weeks, where 
they're switching in many cases from daily COVID reports to weekly reports. And they are perhaps focusing less on cases, like I said, and no longer maybe reporting specific case numbers on their public health websites or on their COVID dashboards. They're, they're focusing more on things like hospitalizations. So in some ways, from kind of a national perspective, this doesn't change the available data that much because all states are still required to, to report on a daily basis to the CDC. They have to report their cases, they have to report their vaccination numbers and other important COVID metrics. Like those data pipelines have not changed. Um, but the main thing that is changing is maybe more of a concern for local reporters or researchers um, and for you know people living in Missouri who'd want to just kind of focus on their state and see what's going on in their area. They're not going to have access to as much information about where cases might be rising or falling or kind of what the virus looks like at that point in time in their state. And then on kind of a broader level, even though states are still reporting to the CDC, there are like different states have different public health capacities and different things that they've been focusing on. Like I mentioned, Missouri has done a lot to build up a wastewater surveillance system that not other some states have not really invested in that. Um, and so Missouri has like a wastewater dashboard. And so researchers from other states might be interested in watching that wastewater dashboard. Um, or, you know, in other cases, some states have um, more advanced data in other areas, like the state of New York um, has done some reports looking at breakthrough cases. And so and in an endemic situation where they're devoting less resources to the virus, there might be less of these kind of specialized reports that are easier for states to do than for the federal government to do. So why is it important that we have as much data as we can get about COVID-19? It's really about monitoring and being prepared for the future of this virus. You know, there's there's a lot of desire right now to go back to normal and to take off our masks forever. But unfortunately, we, you know, we can't predict what this virus is going to do, specifically if it might mutate into new variants. And if we take down all of our reporting systems to the degree that we can't see if cases are rising somewhere, or if there's a new outbreak somewhere that might be concerning, then it's harder to kind of identify those new variants and to get them under control. Without that kind of warning or that information, uh, we could see something like another Omicron surge, which was very devastating for the U.S. How could this switch to a more endemic approach to COVID-19 affect people's everyday lives when it comes to the virus? Do we know? It's a good question. I think, you know, it probably depends a lot on the individual person, because I think a lot of Americans are already treating COVID as endemic and maybe have been for some time. We, we can see that in some of the diversity of state safety measures. There are places where, you know, Hawaii, for example, has still has not done anything to its mask mandate, even though other states are, are changing that. So there might be people who are more vulnerable or folks who are immunocompromised who really need to keep a close eye on the metrics in their state or in their county and know what's going on before they like choose to go on, on an activity outside of their homes. So Missouri isn't the only state that's switching to this strategy. Can you talk a little bit about any other states that are doing this? 
Yeah. So there have been a lot of states doing this recently because there's this trend right now as we come out of the Omicron surge to try to move forward and think less about the virus. So one example is South Carolina, which the South Carolina Health Department recently announced that starting in March, they're essentially going to stop reporting COVID cases. They were previously doing daily updates on a COVID dashboard, but that's going to shift to weekly updates focusing on hospitalizations and deaths, which are those metrics that give more of a picture of severe COVID outcomes and the impact on the healthcare system. Um, And the shift in less reporting of cases is also accompanied with a closure of testing sites in the state. I'm wondering, what do you think is behind all these states switching their strategies? From reporting on this and from like talking to scientists and health experts is that people who are in those positions, who are in the state health departments, I think are very aware of how tired people are of having their lives revolve around COVID. And this is kind of in part a response to that while still wanting to use resources and maintain some capacity in a way that's going to be useful. So for example, a focus on still collecting hospitalization data because it's really important to know how many people are hospitalized with COVID even if you don't have a good sense of the case numbers. That was independent science journalist and COVID researcher Betsy Ladejetz. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news stories from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org, where you can also find our live stream. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.